Hello, how is it going? It is Tuesday, December 17th, and we got a couple great guests for you today. We got great conversation, some overreaction from the weekend, and let's hope we have the Saints not beating the Colts by more than 51. Obviously, if you paid attention to anything we were doing yesterday, we had a spread the love campaign going on with FanDuel. For every 250 people that bet in the spread the love campaign, the Colts spread went up a point. It started at plus eight and a half. It ended up at plus 51. And watching Drew Brees attempt to get that goddamn record last night, it looked like he was on a mission. It's currently 27 zip, about to be the fourth quarter. I still don't know if we're if we're good or not, because Drew Brees, I think, has one fucking incompletion. He's so good at football. They've only showed the Super Bowl uh, that they beat the team I was on about 45, 50 times tonight. So, I mean, it's been fun. Monday Night Football's been a lot of fun. Um, got a good show today. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I know you'll enjoy your experience, so if you shop with our presenting sponsor, SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth, and... That was, that was pretty good. Thanks. A little bit more energy, maybe. Uh, draw it out a little bit. The moon. But the cute, beautiful. At Samuelin24, please, on Instagram. Thank you. Ty, edit that out. <laughs> um, she's at 29.9 on Instagram. She's a little... IG influencer over there. Um, <clears throat> a lot of behind the scenes stuff of my life shows up on that account on the IG stories. Guy can't take a nap anywhere without getting filmed. So I think you would enjoy that just as much as you would enjoy shopping with SeatGeek. They scan all the other ticket buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best value for every ticket that's available, whether it's a sporting event, music, concert, comedy, magic, theater, you name it. If there's tickets to it, SeatGeek has the best tickets for you, and you won't get catfished either. The ticket that you buy is the ticket that you get because they're good humans. Right now, use promo code PAT. She just yawned. So you just yawned, though. So it made. Yawn out of you. Yeah, but you made me yawn because I'm not a serial killer. So if somebody around me yawns, I yawn because I'm not a serial killer. I think you made that up, by the way. No, it's a fact. Promo code PAT, get $10 off your first order with SeatGeek. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order from SeatGeek. The holiday's right around the corner. Give the gift of a live event. You know somebody's been looking to go do something, go watch something, go see something, go experience something. Do it now with our friends at SeatGeek. Promo code PAT, $10 off your first order. Promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live. Speaking of live, let's get to it. Joining us now is a man that is a two-time, two-time Super Bowl champion from the Pittsburgh Steelers, Anthony DeGilio's favorite football player, Ike Taylor. What up, Ike? Hey, Mac. What's up, baby? Hey, how are you doing? Big loss last night for the Pittsburgh Steelers against that Buffalo Bills team. Do you think the Buffalo Bills have what it takes to make the long haul after watching them last night, or do you think they're in trouble? I think they're definitely a playoff team. The long call, I don't know how long you're talking about going deep into the playoffs, but, you know, we've been talking about the Buffalo Bills since last year and just how their defense has been carrying the team. And Josh Allen quietly 
has been progressing week after week. So you go into a hostile environment. I don't know the last time you won in Pittsburgh. I think that was like in the late 90s. And you come out in a close game 17-10 to 10 in a hostile environment. So it just shows a lot, you know, what the Buffalo Bills and what the head coach is doing over there, especially going into an environment, especially going against a team. We all both were fighting for the wild card race. Yeah, that was a playoff game last night, and the environment was electric. I think something that should be noted before we pivot to another conversation, T.J. Watt, the defense got introduced before the game. T.J. Watt was the last person out of the tunnel. That's becoming his defense over there, and I think they all feed off of it. That's a very good defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Excited to see what they do going forward, especially in future years. Buffalo Bills, good squad. Let's move forward now. Hey, did you see the clip that came out from the Cincinnati Bengals uh, security guy between he and the videographer, and what did you think of that entire thing? In my my eyes. Now, I might be wrong. I'm not 100% sure there's anything that they can really pull from that video. I might be wrong. What are your thoughts on it, Ike? Yeah, ain't too much you can pull, but the whole thing is why. Yeah, I agree. Especially all, all, all these gates that's been, go- that's been going on with the New England Patriots. Like, why y'all keep doing this? Why y'all keep getting caught? Um, you can still, not still signals, but you can get an idea on what a guy is doing on the field. You can look at personnel and kind of get a idea on the tip or tendency. And what I mean by personnel, and you know this, P-Mac, like who's coming in on nickel if you're on offense, who's coming in on dime. So you can get a tendency or a tip on what a defense coordinator wants to do depending on who's in and out of that defense unless somebody's injured. So, But the whole thing on videotaping is like, man, we already share videotape anyway with no sound. So all of all the people who don't know football players, we watch tape, but the tape the tape doesn't have sound. So you go off of personnel, you go off of formations, and that's how you try to gather your tips and tendencies. But it's like every couple of years, I guess every five years, man, some kind of gate comes out, and it's coming from one team. Yeah, and the interesting thing is the only other team that's ever been caught up in anything was Josh McDaniels when he was at the Broncos, who Josh McDaniels comes directly from that. It's so intriguing because they are the greatest dynasty in sports. I'm not just saying in football, but in sports. Do you think if this footage was a little bit more telling and people that actually know football and have been in football thought that there was more to get out of this and it would be a much bigger story today because it does feel like it's not even that big of a story right now. People are just like, yep, that's the Patriots. Things like that are going to happen. Everybody who thinks they're cheaters are still thinking they're cheaters. Everybody that doesn't still doesn't. It's not that big of a story right now. Yeah, but the question is why, especially when you give Coach Sean Payton, you know, that penalty, that penalty and that fine for the bounty hunting, so it's oh, like, damn, you break yeah. you break them off you break them off an arm and a leg, and all y'all doing is giving slap slap on the wrist for the New England Patriots. You know, when you find a billionaire, that ain't nothing. You find a billionaire five hundred thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars, that ain't nothing but jet fuel, gas money. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's all that is. But it, it's like, man, it's it's every couple of years. But then you get in a situation which you know, Coach Sean Payton said he knew nothing about the bounty hunting, you you take an arm and a leg off of him. And we all know under Coach Belichick, he knows everything that goes on in that facility, regardless on whether you want to believe it or not. So my whole thing is why? You know, why y'all keep getting caught? Why y'all keep doing this? 
That's a great question. A lot of people ask that. Here's a question I have for you, Ike. As a very successful member of one of the most successful defenses of recent history, that Pittsburgh Steelers defense, where you guys were on cover of magazines and everything for good reason, this 49ers defense was heralded as the greatest in modern history, especially early. Now, granted, they are injured and banged up, but in the last two weeks, they've given up 10 touchdowns. And yesterday, with 70 yards to go, Matt Ryan, one timeout, up five. They let up a touchdown to Julio Jones. Is there cause for worry in San Fran about that defense going forward, or is this just something that can happen? No, nah, that's just something that can happen, and it wasn't like it was a high-score game. So it's just Maddie Ice, you know, got the ice in his veins on that one drive and wound up finding Julio and then wind up scoring something they haven't been doing all year but against a dominant defense. And, yeah, their defense is nicked up, but you know what, man, if I'm just going to give up 20, 22 points, in the game and lose, and they came on a, on the last drive as a defense coordinator. I'm just gonna say they got it. It's, it's not like people have been driving, have been having a game winning drive on the San Fran 49ers throughout the whole season. It just happens. So it sucks it happens this late because now you go from controlling your destiny, hopefully getting the home field advantage to damn that damn that being a wild card. That's how tough that division is over there in the NFC. Yeah, the NFC is hot. I think the Cowboys are going to win that against the Eagles. Russell Wilson and Seattle Seahawks get a big win against the Panthers, which bumps them up to one, I believe, in potential home field advantage. Have you played in Seattle, and how big is home field advantage in the playoffs? Yeah, I played in Seattle. You know, you know, but, but I tell you, you know, still, I know, I know the Cowboys are America's team, but still is our the the nation team because we just got air by the air was. So it was like, man, we I felt it felt like a home game. P-Mac, like P-Mac, when we went to Seattle, it felt like a home game. The only thing is, man, you all the way over there on that north, on that northwest side, you know, you damn near a couple of hours away from Canada, a couple of hours away from Alaska, you in a whole different world. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I'm like, man, wh- where we at? Like the fish taste, the fish taste better. The fish tastes like, man, it just came out the water. <laughs> you go out to eat. So. It's like, man, everything is fresh, everything is cool, but that stadium, that 12-man stadium, it's always rocking. So when you go in there, you best believe, man, you ain't playing against 11. You better add that 12 person. That's everybody sitting in that stand. That's why that home field advantage in the NFC is going to be so important. you got Lambeau potentially home field, Superdome potentially home field, Seattle potentially home field, and then San Fran can even win it back in. It's either a travel issue, a noise thing, or Lambeau hallowed ground. I mean, it's going to be tight over there in the NFC. Ike, let's talk a little bit about who's going to get fired and who's going to have their job. Jay Gruden, fired. Ron Rivera, fired. Freddie Kitchens, probably fired. Matt Nagy, probably fired. Fired. Jason Garrett, if they don't win the Super Bowl, fired. There's going to be a lot of jobs wide open up for grabs. Do you think a college coach like Urban Meyer, who's been spotted now at the Redskins game and his name's been linked to other jobs, would do well as an NFL coach? And what does it take to be a good NFL coach, Ike Taylor, as a two-time Super Bowl champion? I think the best the best fit, and I don't like to call for coach's job, but that's just how it goes. I think the best fit is Dallas, you know, because – He's been with Zeke. He understands it's a nice situation. It's not too much for him to do going into Dallas. If if, if Coach Jason Garrett winds up getting fired, you have a quarterback. You got a young tight end who's improving right now. Or if you want to keep Jason Witten on board just to show the young tight ends how it's done, you got a defense just looking at how they played last night. If they continue to play and develop because they're young, they're going to be excited. And that's the defense you're looking for on that side. So, I think just going into a perfect situation 
it would be Dallas for Coach Urban Meyer. The only thing is Jerry Jones. So yeah, that's the guy you gotta. That's the guy you gotta deal with. So, and the sad <laughs> thing about and the sad thing about that, he is the head guy. He wants all the control. So, you know, you are gonna make a stand when you need to to talk to him and like and be like, look, man, I'm control of this football, this football team. This is what I want to do. Or you just gonna have to go with Jerry Jones says and does. Jerry's been the GM since 1994 for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Not so long, by the way. There's no Jerry, other GM in history. Jerry has been the He's been the kryptonite. If he oh. can just stay out the way. Jerry Jones, when you want to talk about business-minded, being business-savvy, there's nobody better than Jerry. I give him that all day. Well, as far as, like, football operations and just – from a GM standpoint, Jerry hasn't done bad. From a GM standpoint, I got to tip my hat to Jerry on the guys they've been drafting, and he haven't done bad at all. It's just – now it's a dark cloud always what it seems over the head coach's head. Agreed. Like, hey, Jerry, I'm giving you all this leeway. I'm letting you draft the guys you want. You can't even let me coach 100%. You always got something to say. Well, Jerry literally always has something to say, and everything he says is always going to get magnified because it's Jerry Jones, and that's how he wants it. That's how he likes it. That's how he's created this five-point-something billion-dollar franchise. But – if you look at what happened last night with the way the team, or yesterday with the way the team is built, and the way he said, like, hey, this team is built for the long haul, do you think a college coach is a guy that could work not only for the Cowboys, but in the NFL? It has not worked in the past. You look at guys like Saban, Petrino, these authoritarian type coaches Shiano. that have not, Shiano has not worked in the NFL. Do you think it's something that Urban could work in the NFL? Yeah, and the reason why I think it will work is because that's where it's going. If you just look at what Lamar Jackson and the OC is doing over there, like the OC wind up having four or five different college OCs come and him sitting down to talk to him and asking how would you look, how would you use a Lamar Jackson. See, the problem is these offensive coordinators, they've been stubborn, they've been stuck in their ways, and they don't want to learn. So yeah. now you, you, you have a, a head coach who's already in a college mentality, a college mode, and now what you're going to do, you're going to go back to the Mississippi State days with Dak. You're going to go back to the Ohio State days. You're going to look at your offensive line, which you always had at Ohio State. You're going to look at Zeke, and you're going to be like, you know what? This is the same kind of system. Let me tweak what's good for Zeke. Let me tweak what's good for Dak. Let's go back to this college system. Let's simmer down on some of this terminology. Let's make these guys comfortable. Let me make Dak not have to think so much. Let me get a ball to Zeke and Pollard, and we're going to win some ball games. But when you have an OC who can think like that, yes, you're going to succeed. When you have all these old-school OCs and they don't want to change and they're stuck in their ways and they get a personnel guy who can't do what they do or fit in their system, they don't want to change. So it hurts the Michael Vicks in the long runs. They hurt the Randall Cuttinghams in the long runs. But when you see what they're doing with Lamar Jackson, when you have an OC who changes up his whole offensive scheme for a special guy like Lamar Jackson, you see what they're doing. Yeah, I think I think the modern football is changing right out from underneath a lot of the old heads. I'll be excited to see if Urban Meyer, who, by the way, by all accounts, has been a great coach everywhere he goes. Whether or not scandal follows or not, he's been a great head coach. I'll be excited to see if NFL guys react the same way to him. That'll be a fun story to turn out. Okay, now, before we let you go, and we can't thank you enough for your time here, that Kansas City Chiefs win yesterday in that snow was something that I thought was awesome. I, I mean, the ability to win not only on a fast track, but also in that blizzard yesterday, LaShawn McCoy has this ability 
to control his body and slick services that I don't think a lot of people have seen. Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball in that tough weather, which they're going to have to do in the playoffs regardless of where they have to go. Did you learn anything from that Chiefs team yesterday that makes you think, you know what, that team could beat the Ravens, the current Ravens, not the Ravens of the past that they beat where they were throwing 50 times, but the current Ravens in that AFC championship race? If it's if it's snowing, they got action. Cause we all know Pat, Pat. You know when it's snowing, you got act, you got action when you punting and kicking the ball. Oh yeah. When it's freezing cold and it's raining, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different. I don't know what it is with the air. So snow is fun to play in. You get your seven studs, and what I mean by seven studs, you get your cleats that dang there an inch and a half long, and you're able to grip. You get Shady McCoy. We saw in snowstorms what he was doing in Buffalo. He was acting like. He was ice skating, you know. So, <laughs> Shady, Shady is just that kind of guy. When it snows, when it's around this time, you put snake, you put Shady in the game. Patrick Mahomes, you just saw those guys in the pregame. Those guys ain't doing nothing but having fun. So, an old head might be like, man, they're not taking the game serious, or they don't want to win. No, nah, this is a whole new generation. So sometimes, as an old school guy, you just got to change and accept, man. These how these got. This is how this generation, these guys. Relax before the game. Then when you see when they go into the game and the way they perform, you'd be like, okay, so they taking it serious, but they ain't taking it too serious to, to well, they feel like they playing stiff. So Patrick Mahomes and company, yeah, man, if it's snowing and it's clear, they got action. If it's raining, you know what Baltimore want to do. They want to run the ball down your throat and they want to play good defense. That's so interesting to think about. I love snow so much more than rain, too. You just basically painted everything. But do you think with all their weapons that they're the only team that could beat uh, Lamar Jackson in the AFC, or does this Houston Texans team that could sneak in, do you think they could give Lamar Jackson some problems as well, even though they got slaughtered by them a couple weeks ago? It's all about matchups. So I don't look at records. I think, I think a team that can give the Baltimore Ravens problems is the Buffalo Bills. Oh. Like the Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills play really good defense. They just need an extra running back. You know, and we saw what Singletary is, is doing. Young Singletary, he he lit up the Pittsburgh Steelers close oh, yeah. to ninety yards. I think he had eighty-seven yards on twenty-one touches. And we keep forgetting the the, the Hall of Fame guy. Whenever he wants to retire, Frank going what he's doing over there. So. They play smash mouth when it comes down to the running game. And we forget that Josh Allen likes 6'5", 240. He's big dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it ain't nothing small, and he's athletic. So, you know, they got a three-headed monster if they really want to do it. And you got Brown, who's coming to his own at the receiver position. But their defense, man, they 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 been stingy. Them, yeah. boys, them boys saying, man, give me that. We want that. <laughs> they been stingy. <laughs> they Peter Pan and everybody right now. So, I look at matchups, and I think that'll be a good yeah. matchup because they got the same kind of recipe. It's just you have a special player at the quarterback position in Lamar Jackson. I like your wordsmith, my brother. You are as <laughs> Peter Panning, Rob from the Rich. Give the poor. I respect the hell out of it. They're the only ones that have been able to contain Baltimore. By the way, did a couple weeks ago. Got a chance to talk to a lot of Bills staff. They feel very good about their team as they should. It was a great performance last night. Great performance today by you, Mister Ike Taylor. I appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks for having me on the show, Pete Mac. Hey, cheers, man. Two times Super Bowl champion, Ike Taylor. Good conversation there. Always a fan when he joins. Hey, if there's snow, they got action. <laughs> That's a good point, though. It is. Snow is just a different animal. It almost feels warmer when it's snowing, by the way. When it's just rain, and I don't know, I'm no scientist. Hey, we, we talked about this, no math, but this, no scientist. But it feels warmer whenever it's snowing 
than whenever it's just freezing rain. And, and same exact temperature. It just everything feels a lot. It's it's more fun. I mean, it, it is. really is. Rain just miserable. That's all it does here in New York. But I know. I don't, I don't know how many of those guys. How many of the like your teammates? Were, like if you played in like a big snowstorm like that, was like legit. Like the first time they'd ever seen snow. Exactly. Like that. There's there's a lot of people. A lot of Florida boys. Right. A lot of California got now. Granted, I guess it's snowing everywhere these days. Which, yeah. Well, shout warming. Out to, shout out to the earth. <laughs> shout out to the earth. Just <laughs> let everybody get some snow. I still think it's potentially us stepping on earth, making it closer to the core, which is hotter, so it's heating up everything else, yeah. really, from the inside out. Or it's rocket ships puncturing holes in the ozone, which mm-hmm. we've just been sending ships out there. Or it could be the cows farting or the SUVs. I mean, there's a, new, a lot of options. A lot of options there. <laughs> I don't know which one's right. Bill Nye tells me it's a uh, torch, basically. Actually, I watched a video where he torched the earth. I'm not smart enough to know any of that stuff. But I do know that whenever you see snow for the first time, it's a joyous occasion. Oh, yeah. And you get a chance to play in it. It, it almost feels like it's a rain, though. Everybody's dealt with miserable rain, you know? Mm-hmm. It is a little bit of a game changer. I like watching the Chiefs. I didn't know people were even going to be upset about that snowball fight. I, and he was right. There was people that were, like, talking bad about it. It's like, what the hell? This is a game! What are they doing? Doing surgery? No. They're playing a game. Jeez, I hate them. Support for the Pat McAfee Show 2.0 podcast comes from our friends at Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family. Jules, Valerie, your dad's trying to read an ad. If you could wake up, that'd be great. Just a full snooze fest here from Valerie. She's not getting a chance to listen to the entire podcast like you guys are. She's just sleeping right now. Whenever I'm about to talk about the best trimmer in the history of trimming balls and stuff. Jingle balls to the walls, fella. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Ain't that right, Sam? Yeah. <clears throat> Back in the day, whenever you would have to trim yourself, you, you never knew if you were going to potentially bleed out from cutting. Whether it was a little bit of a jab or maybe a prick or maybe something got stuck and it wasn't ready to go. You're like, oh, no, I do like to keep myself manscaped up down there. I wouldn't mind it looking like a Bob Ross painting, but at any given moment, I could bleed out from cutting it all over the place. Boom. Insert manscaped in their proprietary skin safe technology, the lawnmower 2.0. It's a revolutionary company from top to bottom. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. They actually just launched in Target stores. Hey, good for them. Congrats to them launching in Target. That's a huge milestone for them, and the movement to save men from having hairy pubic regions is in full force. The Lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their Perfect Package 2.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice diner in the ball region. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls. I mean, that's disgusting. We all know that. And the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0 includes a crop preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. I just don't know why you wouldn't put deodorant on the smelliest part of your body, your taint, and your balls. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product with the Crop Preserver keep your balls from sweating, smelling, sticking. And these products smell damn good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood, if you know what I mean. Ain't that right, Sam? Hell yeah. 
That's what I'm talking about. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxer briefs. Tis the season of Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and your friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PAT at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Once again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PAT at manscaped.com. Dot com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PAT. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. <laughs> make Santa proud, man. Trim up the balls, bro. Yeah, trim up your balls and make them smell better. Santa will be happy for you. On this day in 1773, the Sons of Liberty made some tea into Boston Harbor. Which would obviously play a pretty pivotal role later on, a couple of years later, in this whole thing. Greatest called shot in history, July 4, 1776. Babe Ruth pointed that thing. We're out of here. Quite a war. And here we are in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Good for us. Good for everybody, including New England, who gets a big win last yesterday over the Cincinnati Bengals. That team... The defense is unbelievable. Stephon Gilmore running away, picking off the defensive player of the year. I, I think there's other names that could pop up right now uh, around the league. TJ Watts, a guy you could talk about who's been dominant, but they're probably not going to make the playoffs now. Uh, you can talk about Minka Fitzpatrick, who's turned around the Steelers whenever he got there. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, though. Mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore in that defense has one game for the Patriots. They've won the games for the Patriots, and he's the star of the show. Impossible to throw against him. Only a 12.2% completion rate or something Ridiculous. like that. Andy Dalton tried him a couple times last night. <laughs> I don't know whose it is. Joining us now is a man who's a legend, a man who's a friend of the show, calls games, won Super Bowls, legend Mark Schlereth. What's up, Stink? How are you, buddy, man? It's always good to catch up with you. Well, hey, the- you know what? You just mentioned T.J. Watt. Yeah. And you know what I was thinking? you got three brothers. I mean, think about that. Three brothers all made the NFL. They're all stars as far as I'm concerned. But here's what I don't understand. you got T.J. Watt and you got J.J. Watt. Yeah. Why do you have Derek Watt? Shouldn't it be D.D. Watt? Like, yeah. what, the, what, the hell, what the hell happened there? Yeah. Was he, just like the, was he like the last one and you just got lazy? Or maybe it was the first one and you got lazy on the next two. Like, I can't give a whole name. Let me just go with initials. I'm exhausted from having all these babies. Like, I don't know what's happening there. Well, you know, I'm not going to question the Watt family because I think they did pretty good, but I do think they mailed it in a little bit with old Derek, who's a little bit different. Yeah. By the way, the only guy that's playing D- offense, too, he's a fullback. Mm-hmm. I assume you put him at the end, he's going to wreck shop because that's what T.J. Watt does and J.J. Watt. Okay, I can't wait to get your take on this. Cannot wait to get your take on this. Kansas City Chiefs players were having a snowball fight before the game against the Denver Broncos yesterday. People were up in arms about it, but I learned a lot from that Chiefs team yesterday in that game, including the snowball fight with how loose they were going into the game. Did you hate it or love it? No, I loved it. Yes! I, mean, I, like, hey! I, I looked at them like, hey, like the Kansas City Chiefs, this is what they know. They've beaten the Denver Broncos now nine straight times. Oh. We match up well with them. We understand what they are. They're not even close to us. And, and here's the deal. You know, everybody sits and says, well, how does, you know, how do you let um, Travis Kelsey beat you for 11 catches or whatever the hell it is? And, and how do you let, like, I'm watching that game last night. I get home from calling my game. I, I was doing uh, Tampa at Detroit. So I fly home. And so I watched the game last night because I got to come into my radio show here in Denver 
and talk about it. And I can't tell you, Pat, in a day and age where everything is three-step drops, five-step quick, get it out into the flats, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are going five guys up front, 5-0 protection. Our five will take whoever you bring one-on-one across the board. We don't care. And we'll take a seven-step drop, and we'll let our weight, like a deep route, we'll go with a, you know, a go on, a go with a dig underneath it or whatever, something that takes three, four seconds to throw, and our quarterback's just going to stand back there and pick you apart. We're getting five guys out on the routes every single time. I bet you 90% of the time they didn't keep one extra offensive player in. It was five guys in the routes 90% of the time. They just have – they don't fear the Broncos. They don't fear Von Miller. They don't fear anybody when it comes to this football team. They just are like, we're, hey, you know what? They are global, Jim. We're better than you. <laughs> and we know it. Uh, Mark Schlereth, war number 69, was the center for the long time for the Broncos. Won a lot of games with Elway up underneath him. I mean, a guy that loves the trenches. We talk about the Baltimore Ravens offensive line a lot because they are damn good, and we'll talk about Lamar Jackson here in a little bit. We talk about the Dallas Cowboys offensive line because they've invested a lot of money in them. You're saying the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line does not get enough credit? and they're going to be a key to this whole thing going down the stretch? Yeah, well, I think that you look at their two tackles, and Mitchell Schwartz is a really good player. And for whatever reason, whether he just understands what Vaughn Miller is, they just have no problem leaving those guys locked up one-on-one and basically saying, we're getting guys, we're getting so many guys out in the routes that have so much speed and athleticism and we're just gonna we're just gonna attack your defense. There will be somebody that's going to be wide open, and obviously Mahomes is gonna find him. So, yeah, Kansas City Chiefs to be able to do that when everybody you know uses an extra tight end or a running back or they turn protection to make sure they take Vaughn out. They're just one on one the whole game. They're just like whatever, dudes. We're not, we're, we just don't we don't fear you. As an old-school guy, how much do you love this Baltimore Ravens offense? They got nine guys on the line, and then people are popping off for go routes, and Lamar Jackson's just an extra player with the ball. You don't, you don't have to account for 10 on 11. It's 11 on 11 every single time. It's revolutionizing the game, changing the game. I think we're going to see a lot more people try it in the years to come. I'm just not sure how many Lamar Jacksons there are in the world. How much do you love this uh, Baltimore Ravens offense? Absolutely love it. I mean, you know, the one thing, if you split the field in half, and let's say, you know, you're going to play eight-man fronts when you're playing the Ravens, right? So you'll have one single high safety. So if you cut it in half, what they end up doing to you is they end up putting up a receiver, a tight end on one side, and then what they'll do is they'll start that receiver in motion. They'll snap the ball before he gets to the opposite side. They'll snap it when he's at about – be like let's say they're running to the left they'll snap it when he's at the right tackle and the tight end will be stationary like in a in you know kind of a hip alignment off the line of scrimmage right behind the tackle when they snap it those guys will start there at the end they'll line up and they'll be over on the left hand side and then you'll have Lamar Jackson faking a handoff to the running back and now all of a sudden where you had you know three guys on that side of the line of scrimmage blocking four guys now all of a sudden you have seven on four oh. <laughs> and it's like their ability to gain blockers at the point of attack. They don't worry about blocking the backside. And then the other thing they've done is they've really melded their passing game with their running game, and they've eliminated things that are standard operating procedure in the NFL that Lamar Jackson doesn't throw as well. So you get a lot of like what they call X drifts on the backside off a of play action, so it's just a single receiver 
running a, a little drift route at about 12 yards. It's a it, you got one route you're throwing, and then they run a bunch of vertical routes, and he throws them exceptionally well. And because you get so much man-to-man coverage and you get so many eight-man fronts, you run four verticals against a cover three with a single high safety, and you're going to eat up the seams. Like, that safety can't cover both of those vertical routes, and you get a bunch of one-on-ones wide open, and he is absolutely dealing. He's just eviscerating defenses. So, like, what they've established for him, um, what what they've put together as an offense for him, is unbelievable. I'll tell you the other thing is complimentary football wise. Oh yeah, they 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 match it with their defense. Their defense is going to blitz you a hundred percent of the time because they know you know you get done with the first quarter and you've had two possessions and you're like shoot a normal game is twelve possessions we've had two we're down fourteen to nothing now all of a sudden we've got to throw it every time and now all they're doing is bringing the wood and letting their corners play you know zero and say hey you know we're going to come after you I I just love the mentality of we're going to punch you in the face. And if you can beat us, great. But you know what? You're going to come right away limping with a bloody nose. And, and that's who the Ravens are. They are. They are. I mean, they're bullies. They're an absolute schoolyard bullies. Structuring the defense around having a lead, it can have a lot of success. The Colts did it for a long time. They get Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis. Judon is their guy right now. Let's assume they're going to bring in another pass rusher, too, if they understand that this offense is going to continue to go. Now, Let's talk about the AFC. Let's pivot here a little bit. Stink, there's a little controversy in the NFL world with some cameras and videographers coming from a dynasty, the greatest dynasty in the history of sports. Is there anything to make from that whole thing, or do you think it's just bad timing by a guy who didn't know what the hell he was doing up there in New England? I don't think anything is by accident. Oh. I, I like, like, I just I find it one I find it hard to believe that you put yourself back in that position. Yep. But you know, let me ask you this. You know those those white collar crime Wall Street guys? <laughs> like how much is enough? <laughs> like those guys don't quit cheating when they when they're billionaires, right? They're like, "Well, I can become a multi-billionaire or I can become right?" So <clears throat> they don't stop cheating until they get caught. And the bottom line is the thing that was fishy for me more than anything else is as soon as the videographer was caught, oh, he yeah. goes right into, well, I can delete it. I can delete it. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> well, then you knew you were, something was, something was askew. And I, I, I just tell you, I, I always, I always look at those situations and say, um, Hey, I'm not asking you to do it. I'm not demanding that you do it, but you know, if some, video rolled across my desk that had some hand signals on it. I'd, I'd certainly take a look at it. Uh, I don't know what's going on there, but it's certainly it, that video certainly does not look well. I don't think it bodes well for the New England Patriots based upon their past history. Hey, uh, Stink, there's a great quote that says pigs get fed Hogs get slaughtered, and that is the mm-hmm. that is the essential agreed, my friend. Everybody has it. Let's stay with the Patriots. That offense, they get a big win, 37-10 over the, the Bungles yesterday. But a lot of people are saying the Patriots' offense didn't have much to do with that. Gilly Lock, Stephon Gilmore in the defense. Yeah, Nikhil Harry showed up. In my eyes, there was a couple throws Tom Brady made that made me think, like, okay, he's still got it. They can still go deep. They've been doing a lot of dink and dunk. They lack that explosive play. Does this team have what it takes to make another run at the playoffs, or is the dynasty? of all dynasties dead in the NFL. Yeah, I won't until they're until they're buried. You know, we just have this <laughs> propensity or this this desire to throw 
you know, to throw dirt over the top of a body that's not a corpse yet. You know, they're just like, let's just throw dirt on Tom Brady. He's going to die. It's like the the scene from, uh, uh, what was it? It was Monty Python's Holy Grail. Bring out your dead, you know, bring out your dead. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Oh, he's nearly dead. He'll die any minute. Like, we cannot wait to bury this guy, and we're trying to bury him alive, and I just won't. I just am like, they find a way to develop guys. They find a way to get their guys to play and to game plan guys. And, you know, if Harry starts to play well, couple that with the fact that Julian Edelman is still a a force on the inside, can be, you know, all of a sudden, that's all it takes for them. When they get in a rhythm like that, that's all it takes for them to be really good. We know how good that defense is. And and like you mentioned, they have just been outstanding. Um, Gilmore's just been incredible. So, uh, I, I won't. I won't bury them. I, I refuse to. Yeah, me neither. I, I won't bury them strictly because I think uh, the teams that I've uh, been lucky to play on against the Patriots is like 215 to like 20 or something like that uh, in favor of the Patriots. So I'm not going to be like, ah, they're dead. They're done. Bury them. It's like, well, let's see if they can figure it out, whether they're filming people or not. I, I mean, I have no idea why they've been so good. I'm excited to see how the NFL handles that. Let's pivot here. The NFC East is on the line this weekend. A pivotal playoff spot in the NFC, which is hard to get right now. The NFC East, by rule, gets one. Dallas Cowboys looked unbeatable yesterday, but they've been so inconsistent as well as the Philadelphia Eagles who are riddled with injuries, taking each other on. Who do you think wins the NFC East? Who do you think wins this game? I'm going to, you know, I had been saying that I thought the Philadelphia Eagles were going to get it together and figure it out, but they're back in, they're secondary. They just, I mean, they just cannot survive. Um, I do think that Dallas is a more talented football team. I think they're a better football team. Uh, that that was an impressive victory because, you know, I, I think based upon their last couple of weeks and how inept they have been, um, to see them come out and do what they did to the Rams, I, I'm going to go with Dallas. I, I think they're – I just think personnel-wise and health-wise and all that, they're just a better football team. I agree, and I, I think it's. I think Carson Wentz has shown really glimpses of greatness, and why everybody loves him in Philadelphia. They love him there. He's made some incredible plays, but for me, too too much coming into Philly with the Dallas Cowboys, especially with the Clapper not only being a Clapper and a Smiler on the sideline, but was able to strategize and get that team to win over the Rams, who've been pretty good. Let's chat about the NFC real quick before we let you go. And I can't thank you enough for joining us. I love our conversations. You have such a good brain and a handsome face. I mean, you got to get that in every time I talk to you. Um, the NFC is going to run through who? That Niners loss with that defense facing Matt Ryan in 70 yards, up five, give up a touchdown, kind of a wake-up call for them, even though they're hurt. How about the Green Bay Packers? Aaron Rodgers in his press conference said, we don't have a lot of respect from everybody in the league. I think that was a message to the rest of his teammates. Okay, we got to get going. Russell Wilson travels to Carolina, gets a big win. The Saints are still the Saints. I mean, who is going to control the NFC? Who's going to get home field advantage, and how big of a deal is it? Yeah, how about it? I mean, isn't it? it's just incredible coming down to the wire. I, You know, I've been kind of on the Saints all year long. I think it's. I think the Saints are end up going to end up getting that done. Um, like Seattle is just one of those teams, you know, talking to Pete Carroll, he had talked to his team. Um, he had talked to his team and put together kind of a video of their 2013, uh, season. And, and they had nine, one score games that they found a way to win. And he's like, you know, guys, this is where you learn about yourself. This is the toughness kind of factor and how you learn how to win things. And, you know, that's, it's been very much this way for them. Um, 
this year is just these winning these really tight, close games. They've found a way to get that done. They're going to be a tough out. The the Niners have some injury issues, as you know, but like they're all like it, it's kind of one of those any given Sunday deals, man. Um, but if I had to put money on it right now, um, I just think the Saints are going to be the one that ends up at the top based upon where they are in their last two games, and they get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And, and based on look, all the, the bad beats they've taken the last ah. few years, come on. They're, don't the, Aren't the football gods smiling on the Saints and saying, hey, you deserve to go to a Super Bowl, right? I mean, at, at I just some feel point, like there's karma going on there. At some point, the football gods show up. Now, are they punishing the Saints for that garbage halftime onside kick that they ran <laughs> against our team? Potentially. Maybe they'll be punished forever for that. But the Minneapolis miracle followed by the phantom pass interference that wasn't called. I mean, at some point, Drew Brees and his heart desires to become back whole down there. They look really good. Uh, last question. How's that uh, chili going? Are, are we still selling chili or what's going on over there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chili. We got queso. We're rolling, We're rolling along, you know. No, I mean, I'm sliding into uh, I'm sliding into Costco's across the country. Oh! You, know, oh. yeah, you know, smiling and um, and begging people to eat my product. Yeah, you know, I do a little bit of that every now and again. Uh-huh. Uh, had I listen, let me tell you something, and, and just in regards to the food business, had I known then, <laughs> had I known then what I know now, I would invest in something else, right? So just let <laughs> just let. Let you know. But I'm still grinding, baby. Still hey. grinding. Hey, not only are you grinding, you got a good brain and you're a good dude. I can't thank you enough, Mr. Schlereth. Have a great holiday. Hopefully we'll talk to you soon, sir. Anytime hey, and I've been I've been really enjoying as I'm prepping my games on Saturdays, watching you on uh on the big Saturday show there doing the college football stuff. It's been fun to watch you. And that epic dive, dude, I was afraid you're gonna break your neck. I was like so thankful you came out of that okay. Oh, because great. I was like this dude is nuts. Hey, Schlereth, if I die right there, though, pretty legendary stuff, don't you think? they probably make they a do, statue yeah. of me. You know what I mean? Right, that's a, that would be a pretty decent way to go out. But the statue would be underneath the water there, <laughs> and then I don't know how many people are actually going to see that damn thing. Well, it was only four feet deep, so if you get my whole life size, I mean, it would have been three feet on top of that seven-foot pad. Hey, I appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Schlereth. Thank you, Mark. You got it. Okay, so Ike Taylor joined us today, two-time Super Bowl champ. Mark Slayer, three-time Super Bowl champ. If Drew Brees and his baby aren't there, we have six, six Super, Super Bowls, Bowls potentially today. on today's show. But Drew Brees ruined it. What you're hearing is a little pain-in-the-ass dog bark at absolutely nothing, potentially awaking all the other animals in the house. And I apologize for interrupting this incredible conversation about something that's magical, I assume. But I have to tell you that it's that time of year again. People are traveling, gathering, cooking, arguing, and eating way too much. I'm fat. I've been eating way too much. It's damn uncomfortable. Sam got me chicken cordon bleu today, some double-baked potatoes, some brownies, and stuffing. It was absolutely delicious. I had four plates. I might be 300 pounds in the morning. But that's what this this time of year calls for. Ain't that right, Sam? Yeah. We're talking about bowl season, man. And after waiting all year for it, everyone's favorite season is here. And with all the excitement about this year's matchup, it's going to be tough to get the quality rush you need to stay focused on the three games at once. But don't worry about it. CBDMD is here to help with the only sleep product strong enough for the master of cheese himself. Oh, the M cheese, which is me, December 27th 
biggest best bowl of all time ever, the Cheez-It Bowl. CBD PM blends 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD with melatonin, valerian root, chamomile, and other sleep-promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. CBD PM is something I use on my nightly ritual, my nightly routine. I used to be a Tylenol PM, Advil PM guy, and then I got to CBD PM, and bang, it makes me sleep good. I have good dreams, and I wake up feeling damn fresh. Now, granted, there's some nights where I only get like two hours of sleep because I'm traveling and I have to go do something. It doesn't help me there because it does give you a full night's sleep, but anytime I'm at home and anytime I'm in a hotel with a full night ahead of me, I do a couple drops from the tincture, about 30 minutes before bedtime, and boom, I be out like a light, like a light. You'll love it just as much as I do because everybody seems to love it that I offer it to. And because CBDMD loves our show and listeners of this show, you can now take a full 25% off your next order when you use the promo code McAfee at the checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E, for 25% off your purchase of high-quality CBD oil products from CBDMD. They don't just have the CBD PM. They have an entire line of CBD ready to make you look, feel, and uh, rest the best you ever have been. (laughs) That wasn't great, but just know that they have the best line of CBD I've ever encountered, and the Saints are up 34 nothing. And that 51 is very much in question all of a sudden. Um, yep, shout out to CBDMD.com, promo code McAfee, back to the show. It's a winter wonderland back in Indianapolis as it was in Kansas City yesterday for that Chiefs game. Who, by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs, they can win in a shootout. They can win on fast turf. And now we... They proved that they can win in the middle of a blizzard. That Chiefs team could be getting hot at the right time, especially in this AFC. It's going to be difficult with all those weapons that they have. And Andy Reid, a beautiful mind, coming fresh off that bye week. They've been a very different team. And yesterday, with Tyron Matthew, that defense getting good, I learned a lot about that Kansas City Chiefs team yesterday. Yeah, I mean, if their defense keeps playing the way it has been, no one's going to want to play them in the playoffs. Everyone obviously knows about their offense, quick strike, mismatches everywhere. But if their defense starts playing, you know, consistently – like it has these last couple weeks, they're going to be an incredibly tough out. I think I said this, we said this, and, and, and we dive a little deeper into the things that matter that a lot of people shrug off as not mattering. Sure. When Tyron Matthew went after Ryan Clark on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he said, keep that energy about talking bad about the defense, I think Tyron Matthew knew that they had a good defense. I think Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, knew that they were going to come together, and they've been doing so. And since that bye week, the offenses look refreshed, or refreshed, revitalized, and everything like that. They lost a couple games early to teams that we didn't think they were going to lose. Pat Mahomes gets hurt. Then that knee, Patella pops out, pops back in, and gets that bye week. They've looked like an entirely different team. And this AFC now is very interesting because the Baltimore Ravens, obviously the front runners, mm-hmm. Obviously. Obviously. Buffalo Bills basically won a playoff spot last night in that win over um, the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field on Sunday Night Football. Duck Hodge is a rough night. That's our guy, though. I mean, you're going to falter every once in a while. He's a rookie quarterback. What do you want from the guy? You know? Punter had a couple bad punts. Yeah. I was there. I mean, it was just a rough. I, I shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't the have went. Defense though, defense. Defense. Everything they could. Unbelievable. But the Bills basically have a a playoff spot now, and they get a chance to play the Patriots here and potentially really do some damage. But let's assume the Patriots get in, uh, especially after what happened with the Bengals. There, the Kansas City, Chief, the Texans, 
yesterday, that game against the Titans to basically win the AFC South was a damn good one. Mm-hmm. I watched that thing. It was a slugfest early. I mean, they were throwing bombs at each other. Massive plays would happen, then a turnover at the very last moment before scoring. Blocked field goal, the whole thing. And then in the second half, it became a little bit of a shootout. That Texans team, Rex Ryan said he doesn't believe in the defense, but the offense, whenever they run the ball uh, at El Guapo, is his uh, Twitter name. He ran for 100 and some yards yesterday. Whenever they run 45% of the time, I guess the Texans are undefeated. And whenever Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins are on the field, Deshaun Watson is like number one or number two QBR in the entire NFL. So that team has weapons, but they get blown out out of nowhere. And that falls on the coaching, by the way. And I've said this uh, before, and I think I'll say it again. Bill O'Brien potentially fired if they don't go on a big run here. Mm -hmm. And I said that in a production meeting. Get up this morning. They said, who's going to fire him? They don't have a GM. And I was like, uh, good call. I was like, they were like, they don't have an owner either. I mean, it's done. So, so is Bill O'Brien going to coach Texans forever? Is that how it works? Like, who, how does that work? I was mind blown. I was like, I think he's going to get fired. They're like, by who? They don't have like a board or something. Who I guess the in? son is technically the owner, but he's probably going to, I don't know. I, I would assume Bill O'Brien's going to have to win or he's going to get fired. But I guess the front office right now is a complete question mark. Nobody has a clue what's going to happen. But that team could make a little bit of a run in the playoffs or they could lose by 50 early, which it could happen. But the Kansas City Chiefs team, they seem to be peaking now at the right time. Last year, D. Ford was six inches away from the Kansas City Chiefs probably going on to win the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. if we look at how the Rams played in that Super Bowl. I think they're getting back in there, which has been... For us, they've kept the Chiefs in the top 10 in every power rank. The Chiefs are uh, number 6 team. They just lost their third straight game, which they shouldn't have lost. The Chiefs are now the 7th team. They just lost again. And it's because they have so many weapons. They have a good coach who has a good mind. And now that the defense is coming together... Now that it Patrick Mahomes is back to being healthy, that team could be a real threat in the AFC. But the AFC right now is Lamar Jackson's show. We all know that. But I'm excited to see it come together. Yeah, I mean, if they're one of those few offenses who you know that they have a very, very good chance to score on every possession. So they really only need to make like one or two opportunistic stops on defense. It's just very, very tough playing against a team like that, especially when they're all clicking at the same time. By the way, now the NFC... The NFC is going to be awesome to watch. I got a bolo tie on today in the big city uh, because Cowboys won the, the NFC East. Good for the Cowboys. The Cowboys have learned how to play football again. Yep. The Cowboys look like the team early whenever they were – expectations were very high for the Cowboys going in this year. Every year they're overhyped. Every year they are sold because that's what Jerry Jones is. He's a promoter. The Dallas Cowboys yesterday look like a complete – football team. Michael Lombardi came on the show on Friday and said, I got the Cowboys over the Rams. I said, what are you talking Like, Mr. Lombardi, I trust you because you have a good record and all that stuff, but this is stupid. He's like, no, no, I think we're in a good spot. Jared Goff looked awful. I mean, I, he looked absolutely awful. I mean, it was just bad. That, that Rams team, I don't know what the hell. They lost a couple offensive linemen, but that team, they're so, they beat the Seahawks a week before that, and then they get mollywhopped by the Cowboys. And if the Cowboys can continue to play like this, maybe they're peaking at the right time, by the way. Maybe all those weeks of Jason Garrett looking inept, all those weeks of Jerry Jones, every single word that he said being held on to on whether or not he was going to fire everybody, all those weeks of hell and all those weeks of, of clouds, 
brought the sunshine. And maybe that sunshine is whenever you feed Zeke and when you get Zeke going and Pollard going and you've invested $400 million in the offensive line and the running backs, that opens everything up for Dak Prescott, who has a weapon who's like Tyreek Hill. He's not Tyreek Hill. Maybe back in the day he was a little bit closer. Tavon Austin finds some space. Amari Cooper's there. And Jason Witten's pulling rabbits out of his head. (laughs) That Cowboys defense is coming together. Old veteran Sean Lee's making picks now. They're guiding in the way. Maybe the Dallas Cowboys are getting hot at the right time. I know they're going to win the NFC East. They're going to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz, very good football player. Okay, Carson Wentz is a very good football player. I think he's proven that on plenty of occasion. So I think he's elite. Meh. I don't know. 13 injured players. That's a lot. They're riddled with injury. And Carson Wentz has brought them back from the dead a couple weeks in a row. They've played zero snaps with the lead in the last two weeks. And they've won both games. Right? They played zero snaps with the lead in the last two weeks, and they've won both games. So the Redskins gave them problems. The Redskins gave the Packers problems yep. as well, and everybody thought the world was ending. It turns out the Redskins might be pretty good. Dwayne Haskins great might be a real player, by the yeah. way. We'll talk about whether or not Urban Meyer is going to be that coach there and if he'll do well in the NFL. But the Eagles, I just think, too many injuries, mm-hmm. too little too late. And if the Cowboys get up in Philadelphia – I know that fan base is a passionate one. I appreciate and respect that. I mean, I, I loved Invincible. I love Vince Papali. I like coming coming out of the bar. I like the uh, the garbage kicking, picking, kicking yeah. Philadelphia phenomenon. I like him. I like everything about the Philadelphia fan base. I even like that ugly ass hockey mascot you guys got. I respect a passionate group of fans. But if the Cowboys get up, which has been the mo of the Eagles, they've been down early. Mm-hmm. If the Cowboys get up in what is an NFC East championship game. That fan base will turn on the Eagles. It'll basically become a rot. And I'm thinking the Cowboys, in my bolo tie, pull away with the NFC's home playoff game. And who knows what's going to happen for them. Probably lose by 30 <laughs> against every other NFC team because the rest of the NFC is damn good. But I, congratulations to the Cowboys winning the NFC East. Doesn't that drive you insane if you're either A, Jerry Jones, or B, a fan of the Cowboys? It's like, yeah, we've been waiting for this all oh. year, and you finally put it together in week 15. Like, What happens? You know, I've been a part of some teams that were very good and some teams that were very bad, and it never made sense to me. I, I never understood why everybody shows up one day and doesn't. Is it strategy? Is it scheme? Is it motivation? It was a highlight film he put together. Oh, yeah. Well, that happens every week. Like, if you win, you get a highlight film the night before. That's just kind of something like Bruce Arians used to say, hey, next week I want speakers and I want a highlight video. Let's go. That means you won. So when you win, you get that, right? And it's nice to get a little refresher on how good you are, how dominant you are, and things like that. And I think, by the way, great coaching. If Jason Garrett's motivational video is what turned them around, will they be able to maintain it? I think they will for at least another week. I think they get a win in Philadelphia. I think they win the NFC East. And then when they host a home game in Jerry World, I think they potentially lose by no less than 28. But for the week, I am a diehard Cowboys fan. Let's go, Cowboys. Good luck to you. Yeah, I mean, we've said this. Uh, Dak Prescott is good. But, good. But they rely – like, they are built to run the football. They spent all that money on the line. They have spent all that money on Zeke. Like, they're not built to throw it 55 times a game. And more often than not this year, they get into, like, a funky. They either get down early a little bit, and then they are forced to throw it that many times a game. When Dak throws it 23 to 25 times, they're very tough to beat. And obviously you got two guys that rush for over 100 yards, but they need to get back to that. Like, that's how they're built. That's how they win. By the way. I'm happy the Cowboys are good. We're forced to watch them. Yeah, exactly. 
I don't. I just don't think the Eagles have any chance. I mean, what Carson Wentz has been doing has been magical. Mm-hmm. He's throw, he threw a couple ropes yesterday that I was very impressed by. Came back and got a good win. Good for the Eagles. Good for their fans. But boy, the NFC least. Dallas Cowboys this year. Mm-hmm. And the San Francisco 49ers dropped from 1-5 to five in the NFC very quickly after a loss yesterday against Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. And that defense giving up that touchdown at the end of the game. Yes, two very big emotional games with the Ravens and then the Saints. Big win down in the Superdome. We talked to George Kittle. George Kittle continues to prove he's the best player in football aside from Lamar Jackson who gets the ball every single play. Pancakes a guy in the end zone while laughing. Has a hundred and some yards. Jimmy G's playing well. But that defense not being able to stop Matt Ryan with the game on the line is an interesting thing to me. Is that a tell for th- uh, sign of things to come? Uh, I'm not 100% sure of that. But you would if you would have told me in week seven, week eight, week nine, that Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons would be on their own 30 with one timeout, one minute 43 left, down five against the San Francisco 49ers. What are the chances of them driving down the field and winning it? I would have said none, cuz Matt Ryan can't throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field. He's going to get sacked three times. At least. Instead, though, the Atlanta Falcons get a win over the Niners in Santa Clara. And it's like, hey, I understand the emotional drop that could happen because of the two big games, having to travel across the country. I mean, a massive emotional roller coasters they've been on with the Ravens and the Saints. But, hey, it's almost playoff time. Like, that's a situation where you need your your defense to step up. That's been a historically good defense. Let's assume they get back to form. Let's hope they get back to form if you're a Niners fan. But that has to be something that made me raise my eyebrows a little bit and go, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. No Sherman in the back end. Three people hurt so let's assume they get them healthy they'll be back but that was a scary that was a scary sign for me as a guy who had just recently become a big time Niners fan mm-hmm. when I had a lot of questions early I, I mean it came out of nowhere you, you can't fault me it, I, I live in the East Coast always have so I, I don't really know much about that came out of nowhere didn't play anybody then they started stacking up wins that win last week against New Orleans was awesome they did an offensive side of the ball they've given up 10 touchdowns now in two weeks that's not the same Niners defense we've seen, and now is not the time to not have a hot defense. It's actually the perfect time to have a hot defense, and they seem like they don't have that. Yeah, and I mean it's magnified even more by the fact that like they they still have quite a bit to play for. Like mm. it's not like you can take. I mean, there's in a, the NFC, there's you a, cannot exactly. There's a huge difference between everyone having to go through San Francisco at home to go to the Super Bowl and then being the fifth seed and being on the road every single game. Like or Seattle. Yeah. I mean, Seattle's a whole different ball exactly. game. I mean, New Orleans still has a shot. I mean, it, Green Bay. Packers could still have a shot. right into it. I yeah. mean, home field advantage is a real thing. I mean, that's why they say advantage at the end. Uh, speaking of home field advantage last night, a team was not available to, uh, or didn't take advantage of it, and that was Pittsburgh Steelers. We were there right. calling in now, diehard fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a man where I, lo- I watched his soul leave his body with his father last night in the suite. Uh, Diggs, what the hell happened last night to our guy ducking? Is this my fault? Boys, how are we? Zito has your at handle on Twitter, at Tony Diggs. That's not your name, but I appreciate everything you're doing here on the screen. What did you? Have, what is your big takeaway last night from the Steelers? And should the world appreciate and respect the Buffalo Bills more? Because they were able to stop an undefeated quarterback uh, last night like something I've never seen before. All right, honest moment here. Big takeaway from last night. I don't think either of those teams that played on the field last night have a good enough offense to win in the playoffs. Mm. They both have great defenses, great defenses, but neither side of the ball has a good enough offense to win in the playoffs. I, I said it was going to be a 13-10 game. It was 17-10. I had the wrong team, wrong side. Uh, you can't – Steelers have the worst offensive coordinator in the entire league. They've got five <laughs> running backs 
They're just five running backs. They ran the ball 15 times. As we've said on this show before, if the Bills' defense has any weakness, it's stopping the run. They're the number three pass defense in the in the league, and we're throwing 40 times with Duck. What are we doing here? I mean, Duck was set up for failure. I don't know if it's because we're in the house and they want to calm us down, but he was set up for failure. And then you got idiots on Twitter like, oh, I told you, told you, Mason's better. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I think there's a lot of Mason Burner accounts out there. And then the Bills fans, they don't, they don't know success at all. They come 12 losing seasons, 15 losing seasons. You know what? Don't come at me with your organization. How are you, Diggs? It sounds like you're doing great over there. You said you were good at the beginning of the conversation. Really started firing up. It was interesting because James Conner started to roll there for a little bit, and then yeah. we didn't see him again. Then he disappeared. That didn't make much sense to me. Who do you think, though? Let's pivot away from that game, although it was great. In the AFC right now, Patriots get a 37-10 win over the Bengals, but everybody's like, well, it wasn't because of the offense. It was because of the defense. They continue to win because of this defense and special teams. Whose road is it that everybody's going to have to travel on to win this AFC, you think? I applauded the uh, Patriots early because it was like 10-10 for a lot of that first half of that game. I was like, oh, you know what? They're smart. They're like, they're making the Bengals look good so that it justified them filming them. Agreed. I still think the I still don't think the Patriots, as far as offense is concerned, is good enough. I think it goes through Kansas City and Baltimore. And like you said last last year, five what five inches away from the Chiefs probably winning the Super Bowl. Yep. Yep. That defense is incredible, or not incredible, but it's 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 getting better. The Whoa. offense is incredible. Well, hey, that hey. was Diggs, Tyron Matthew. If you're listening, that was yep. Tone Diggs Whoa. on That's Twitter. Funny. He's in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania currently. He'll be driving across 70 here in the next hour or so. If you want to take somebody out, it's the Italian guy that just bashed that Chiefs defense. But as much as it pains me to say it, the Baltimore Ravens are good all three phases. I, I, I think Baltimore is easily the best team in the AFC. I agree. All right, Tone, safe travels. Sorry Duck couldn't get the win with us in the house last night, but we live to see brighter days, my friend. It happens. I love you guys. Hey, love you too. Man. Drive safe, Tony. Drive safe. There's a storm out there. We might yeah. not be able to get out of New York, by the way. Right. Hey, happy winter wonderland to everybody in the middle of America that just experienced a snow globe dumping all over their Literally faces. out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs one happened out of nowhere big. Indianapolis yesterday, as soon as we we took flight, about 30 minutes after we left, half a foot of snow on the ground. Good for Hey, good for whatever God's just uh, dumping all over. I people. know. I like snow, by the way, more than rain. So do I. I'm a snow guy more than a rain guy. Let's talk about what snow does to kicking because the Denver Broncos punter kind of dropped a snap, and then Colquitt struggled with snap as well. And I think the issue is everybody talks about the quarterback and wide receivers having to deal with the ball in running back. I agree. Punters have to catch a ball every single time you go on the field. And if you're not on the sideline, like getting your work in, and you can't wear gloves because it's wet, so sometimes gloves and wet are, are basically like uh, oil and uh, water. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, oil and water. I'm bet. a scientist, bro. <laughs> sometimes gloves, so you can't wear gloves, so you have to kind of go barehanded, and you want to kind of keep your hands warmer than longer so you don't get as much work on the sideline, which is what you see happening. If you don't have any moisture on your hands, you don't lick or something. Like, I used to be obsessive with licking my fingers. It was almost was disgusting. Like, it got to a point where I'd watch the game back, and I'm like, bro, you just licked your hands 13 times before the snap even got back there. But it's because you have to handle the ball with just the fingertips, and it's a little delicate. The Denver guy drops the ball, bounces off the ground, picks it back up, punts it, gets a penalty. He could have scooted for a first down, decided not to, wanted to let the uh, Kansas City Chiefs live a little bit longer. But for me, 
the weather, whenever the weather gets involved. That's why I'm intrigued by the Kansas City Chiefs because the ability to win in that weather last night against a team or yesterday against a team that was pretty good. They were hot. The Broncos yeah. were pretty hot. Now we can mock them all we want, but they were a hot team going into that game. The ability to win with that weather and still throw the ball all over the yard. Tyreek Hill was still able to plant his feet and get good grip. And LaShawn McCoy runs in the snow. I think maybe better than any running back in the history of the NFL in the snow. They showed highlights of him against the Colts last year. I think he loves it. He's a PA guy. He's used to the cold. But the ability to win in that blizzard to me was very eye-opening for the Kansas City Chiefs. That Titans-Texans game early was an absolute slugfest. Things were going a little bit early. Big plays, explosive plays. That A.J. Brown guy for the Tennessee Titans is a weapon. Tannehill's been a hell of a player. That turnover on... uh pick on the goal line that Merciless took back the other way was a real pivotal point of that game. 24-21. Titans have a blocked field goal, too, which would have tied it up. Would have been a whole different game. Vrabel was not happy with those refs. Chased them off the field. This is two times now in two weeks where coaches have chased the refs off the field. It's not normal. So not only do you hate the refs, not only do we hate the refs, not only is the NFL saying, yeah, we're going to have a top-down review of these refs as soon as the season ends. Coaches who are fined for being a little bit demonstrative. with co- Everybody's fed up with the refs. Not only the coin toss thing with Dak. It's like, yeah, did he say we want to kick it? He also said defer to the second half in that same sentence. Walt Anderson decides to make it about himself. It's like, come on, this is a non-issue. Like, why? The NFL got it right there, by the way. The NFL calls down and says, Walt, shut up. That's what the NFL said, which I appreciate. Then in Chicago Bears-Packers game, Cordero Patterson has a perfect hit on a returner. Then there's a phantom fair catch, they say. That kind of changes the entire game as well. Zito wouldn't even talk for 15, 20 minutes because he was so mad at the refs. So mad. So mad. I'm so mad. I Steven. FaceTimed. I need something from him. He didn't answer. He calls me back like 15 minutes later. Shirt's off. He's sweating. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, these refs, Pat. I can't even do it anymore. So everybody's mad with the refs. I mean, it's just the way it goes. And there's literally nothing we can do about it. The only people that can fix this are the people in charge of things, which is, by the way, Stooge and Sellout. Alberto Riveron, you got no hope with him. We just got to hope that a new person gets in charge. And also a pipeline needs to happen. A pipeline needs to be developed so we get some people that are worth a single damn in officiating. There's a couple good refs left, but all the good refs go to TV because the, the refs in the NFL don't get paid full-time jobs. They don't get taken care of. It's not really a job anybody would want unless you come out of a hockey league baby maker. Right. That's literally, there's no pipeline to get good people in there, and it's evident, and it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a massive deal in the playoffs, just like it was last year with the pass interference for the the Saints. It's going to be a big deal yet again because it's only gotten worse somehow, and I'm with you, Eric. I hate it, and I like that Vrabel was like, hey, pal, you didn't even want to review that? Like, they could have reviewed that. It's under two minutes. Give them another second. Now, would they have on their own 20 or whatever with one second left annexation of Puerto Rico like the Bears almost did against the Packers? Mm-hmm. Possibly, but I think Vrabel just won the shot at it. Last week, Brian Flores almost decapitated a referee as he gets a phantom call down to overturn a pass interference. I mean, it's been an absolute... Um, Cluster blank. Cluster, and I almost said the it show. I mean, it's, right. been, it's just been a nightmare for a billion dollar company. They got to figure it out. And I think they realized they got to figure it out. Early in the year, they were acting as if everything was fine. Well, it's going according to plan. We've looked at the numbers. And then as the season's gone on, they're like, oh, these guys stink. They're going to have to turn around. <laughs> oh, what a day it's been. Can't thank you guys enough uh, for listening to this show. I I have some large things kind of cooking for this podcast that I hope everybody will enjoy. Just want to take it to bigger and better places to provide 
you know, the best content for the people that decide to fuck with us on a weekly basis. They're very lucky for you. We got some big-ass things cooking, I think. Now, one very big-ass thing. I'm not 100% sure it's going to come through. It sounds ridiculous, but it might be the conversation of the year. Go win a fucking Oscar for it. Is, is, what's an Oscar? What do Oscars win? What is Oscar for? Oscar is a prize. And I think that's what we'll win. I think we'll win a prize for this one thing if we can get it booked. Starting to really focus on the booking of this thing and really get it going. And I, I appreciate you guys for bearing with us here through this football season. It's been a lot of super football talk, which I love. We'll continue to do that into the offseason, past bowl season, everything like that. We'll talk about the notable stuff. But, boy, I can't wait to open this bad boy up, start having good conversations with people. And hopefully we'll be able to get you something that you really like. And uh, if you want to get something that you really like, I got an idea for you. Getting your master's degree can open up a whole new world of opportunities. Better jobs, more advancement. A master's degree can help you be a whole new you. And now's the best time to make it happen with help from Ashford University. Ashford University is convenient and flexible. Its online master's degree programs allow you to learn at your own pace. You can study wherever you're most comfortable learning. It's only one course at a time. Ashford University's six-week-long courses allow you to take one course at a time. Being enrolled in one class at Ashford means you are considered a full-time student. It's easy to enroll. The GRE, the GMAT, and other standardized test scores are not required for enrolling at Ashford University. One more time, the GRE, the GMAT, and other standardized test scores are not required for enrolling at Ashford University. It's an accredited university. Ashford University is fully accredited by WASC Senior College and University Commission. New opportunities are right around the corner. Now is the time to start earning your master's degree. Enroll now by going to ashford.edu slash PAT. That's A-S-H-F-O-R-D dot E-D-U slash P-A-T to start your master's degree today. Ashford.edu slash PAT. Getting a master's? One course at a time? Hey, that sounds like a smart move. It really does. Sounds like a really smart move. Uh, now, if the Colts could put together a couple first downs here and kind of wear down this clock, that would be very nice as well. 34 zip. Getting awfully close here. Don't love it. We'll see what happens in this fourth quarter. Um, I can't thank you all enough. Have an incredible uh, Tuesday. We'll see you on Thursday with some good conversation, good life, and everything like that. Tweet me, tweet the boys. You make us laugh, you win some free merch. It's as easy as that. Stay engaged. You got questions, would love to hear it. Probably be doing a chat with Pat on the internet here on Twitter in the next couple of days. Come fucks with us, man. We appreciate you so much. Ty Schmidt, play some hack music, please. And by hack, I mean independent music. I don't mean hack as in bad. I just mean like independent. You get it. For those interested, this is The City by Viora. Everyone is out.
Do the city